0: hey you tuned in to the relationship factor podcast where we talk about all things relationships for millennials moving you from problem to solution moving you from uh, functional relationships to exceptional relationships this is your host kingsley moyo Hey, thanks again for downloading another episode of Relationship Factor. Hey, if you have not done so, uh, if you have not connected with us on our in our private Facebook group, I encourage you to do so. You're missing out on some good stuff. Just go to our Facebook and just search Relationship Factor. You'll find the page and you'll find the group. Just go ahead and follow, like the page and just join in the group. We continue the conversation there. Um, giving some more flesh and some more stuff for you to build healthy relationships. And for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the number one cause of relationship breakdown. And it's not finances. It's not infidelity. It's not communication. Join me. If you're probably like me, you and you're curious about what really makes a relationship work, how to understand a man or a woman, You listen to podcasts, you read articles, you talk to people that seem to know a lot about relationships. And more often, there is a question that's asked, and that question is, what causes a relationship to break down? And depending on which article you're reading or which study you're going through or which person you're talking to, one of the answers that you'll get is that money is the number one cause of divorce. And on the flip side, somebody might come through and say, hey, the number one cause of relationship breakdown is infidelity. Hey, I mean, we might as well throw communication into that. Somebody would say, hey, communication is the number one cause of relationship breakdown. I mean, if finances are not going well in the house or at home in the relationship, everything is a downward spiral. I mean, if there is infidelity, trust will never be regained again. The trust has been broken, so the relationship will break down. And somebody would throw in and say, communication is important. Yes, yes, you have to communicate. If you don't communicate properly, you'll never understand each other. And that will cause relationship breakdown. It's true that communication causes misunderstanding. Poor financial management paves the way for relationship anxiety. And of course, a lack of intimacy can cause relationship strain. But these are all symptoms. I'm going to make a bold statement on this podcast and say the number one cause unmatched by anything else. In fact, at the top, the number one cause of relationship breakdown is unmet expectations. Think about it. We all have expectations. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having expectations. We're all born and created to have some form of expectation. We learn the power of expectations at a young age. Love, um, how do you receive love or how you give love. Uh, In fact, we're never really taught on how to receive love. We're taught how to give love. Um, Quality time, we learn uh, what quality time looks like in our family how uh, we used to go on holidays, or if quality times is just simply going to your bedroom and just spending your own time alone, or if quality time is not being at home or doing whatever it is, we learn value. Um, uh, how do you value things? For people that grew up around money, um, the things that they value as with worth changes for somebody who grew up with no money. If you, depending on what fear of the globe you grew up in, values perceived in different ways. Self worth. I mean, some people grew up in a family where they were told that you are nothing, you were nobody, and they began to embrace that. And, of course, talk about emotional regulation, tantrums and all that stuff. I mean, all of these things kind of shape our idea of expectations or what to expect. The expectations that we have growing up as children are reinforced at every level of your life. When you get to to your teen years, before you actually even get to your teen years, um, a child's brain forms significantly anyway between the ages of two to five. So it's beginning to take form and shape. And it also means that the ideas that are being formed take shape as well with the brain. All the things that are not reinforced and continually used, they kind of lose their part in the brain and the brain begins to form. So by the time the kid goes to their their tweens and teens and young adults and adult stage, these expectations begin to be reinforced and they take different shapes and forms as they go along in the age. Think about it. Your professional aspirations are often recommended by your friends or your family. In fact, your family kind of significant influences what you want to do or don't want to do. If your dad worked a lot and was never home and you want to be home in your family, so you expect that in your family, there's not going to be much work. we pursue certain academic credentials because of family influences. I know certain cultures, you can only be a certain profession or a certain profession is respected or esteemed over the other. That's an expectation, an influence that comes from the family we make decisions to change our past fortune or to recreate the fortune we had when we were growing up as a child so at the stage whereby you are grown up now you begin to get into adult relationship or grown up relationship the idea of what to expect in a relationship has already been formed and all of those expectations we learn or have in a relationship become the measure of success Think about it. When you're like somebody or you want to get into a relationship with somebody, we have this mental checkbox that we have. They're supposed to be tall. Uh, they're supposed to be and go to church. Uh, they're supposed to listen to this kind of music. Um, they're supposed to do all these kind of things. We check all these boxes, tall, dark, and handsome for somebody. We check all these boxes and all these boxes become the measure of what we expect in a relationship. And if you get into a relationship and the person you are with under delivers in any of those areas that you wanted or expected to be delivered in a particular way, the relationship begins to fall apart. Think about it. When you get into a relationship, you want to be loved in a particular way. You want to be spoken to in a particular way. Um, Some people want to be don't want to be bothered for a while, those that are in a, the type of avoidant relationship style. We have all these things that we have. And because of those expectations, if those expectations are met, then we can say, hey, you know what? This relationship is satisfactory. I feel fulfilled. <laughs> those are some of the words that we kind of use. I call this the minimum delight. You see, your minimum delight is those things that you expect in order to be satisfied in a relationship. Ever heard of uh, someone say that, um, um, I I, I don't want anyone who doesn't drive a car. I don't date anyone who doesn't drive a car. Or uh, maybe you got to have a job for me to be able to date you or be in a relationship with you. Or we have these ideas that, hey, I'm not dating you as long as you're still living at your mom's place. Or maybe I don't want a woman that can't cook. We have all these weird ideas that we come up with of what to expect. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not wrong to have expectations, but I want you to understand that everyone has expectations and we carry all those expectations into the relationship and that is our minimum delight. That minimum delight informs how we want somebody to show up in the relationship in order for us to stay in the relationship. And more often, these expectations are informed by our past. And guess what? Some people have dysfunctional expectations. Some people have dysfunctional ideas of love, what love means or what love doesn't mean. Some people think that in order for somebody to get to, in order to show that they love you, you have to argue in order to prove that you love them. Some people have these ideas of quality time that uh, you have to see each other all the time without having any taking any time for self care or self growth. And if the other person decides, hey, you know what, I'm taking this weekend away, uh, that kind of causes a little bit of some problems in the relationship. We have these st- dysfunctional ideas of self worth. I mean, some people show up in the relationship thinking that they're unlovable. And because they think that they're unlovable, they will take anything and everything that's thrown at them even some dysfunctional things. So they turn around and begin to expect that. If the person loves them, they're going to do all these weird things and they're going to expect them. You, you probably know your own expectations that you have in the relationship. And if you're really honest with yourself, you could pause and say, hey, you know what? I think that's, that's, not, that's dysfunctional. And so we have this dysfunctional minimum delight. Now watch how this works out and how this turns out. So everybody has this minimum delight and you have a minimum delight, I have a minimum delight, and then we get into the relationship. And then we start talking about money, certain expectations of money. If you grew up in a family where we used to spend money as a sign of showing love and the other person doesn't seem to give you money or buy you lunch or do all these things, you get into a conflict. In fact, there's different personalities when we come to money. Some people see money as status, security to be enjoyed and to be spent. So if you're a person that thinks that money needs to be saved and the other person thinks that money is to be enjoyed or to be spent, there's going to be a conflict at home because the other person is thinking, hey, I expect you to save that money for the future. And the other person is thinking, no, 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 I want to spend my money." This is my money. Uh, I want to spend it now, and that causes tension in the relationship because you're not talking. I guess maybe that's why some studies would share would say uh, finances and money is the number one cause of relationship breakdown. And then there's of course the good old love, love, love. Some people want to be loved in a particular way: text messages, calls, or show up so I can hang out with you and my boys, and I mean, girls want to be loved in a particular way. A boy wants to be loved in a particular way. And when you really think about it, there's five love languages, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts and acts of kindness. And you know, all those other things, physical touch. Think about it. If somebody's love language is receiving gifts and the other person's love language is physical touch. And you think that if I go to him or her And by her all these things, she is going to feel loved and appreciated. And yet, really, her love language or his love language is physical touch. So there's an expectation that has been set by the individual to say, hey, I am loved when this happens. Or I am not loved when this happens. And so when these two people get into a relationship and the other person is communicating at that level and the other person is communicating at that level, all these expectations that are not matching, or rather the minimum delight is not met. Everybody says, you know what, this relationship is not satisfactory. Even intimacy too. We learn intimacy before we even realize it. But just simply watching our parents and sometimes we got these dysfunctional ideas of intimacy and love and what to expect by watching TV and pornography and all these other Um, dysfunctional things. And we catch those things. And we begin to think to ourselves, hey, you know what? This is what intimacy looks like. Some people grew up in their relationship whereby they never went on a vacation or they never really sit down at a dinner table and have conversation with everybody and talk and share experiences and open up their emotions and talk about how they feel. So now when they get into a relationship and they're going through a difficult time, and they're with somebody who's, who used to be in a family or who grew up sharing and expressing their emotions. And now these two people are in a home and they're trying to navigate a relationship. And as they're trying to navigate this relationship, the other person is asking, what's wrong? What's happening? Like, you say I'm off today. You're quiet. And the other person is like, no, I'm okay. And their own mind, they're thinking, you know what? Just give me my space. Give me my time. I just want to figure out this thing, and because the two people are not speaking the same language, they on two different wavelengths. The expectations are not met. The other person thinks, "Hey, you're just nagging me. You're just all over me. You just, you just all over my stuff." And the other person say, "Hey, why won't you communicate with me? Why won't you talk with me? Why won't you open up to me?" So there's a discrepancy there in what to expect in the relationship. I mean. The list can go on. Finances, intimacy, love. And and you can go on and on and on about these things. But the bottom line is when two people are in a relationship and they show up with certain expectations and those expectations are not met, the relationship is not satisfactory. And because the relationship is not satisfactory, the relationship begins to suffer. You feel like you're suffocating. I mean, You're attracted to the individual. You love the individual. I mean, they are it. When you first met them, they checked all the boxes. But now that you're getting to know them, the expectations don't match. If the person doesn't want to do what we expect or don't do what we expected, we begin to attach meaning to what they're doing and say, oh, you see, uh, the other day they didn't really want to talk to me, which means that. they don't love me anymore, Uh, or maybe they don't care about me anymore. Maybe you have all these ideas or all these things might be going on in your head and you're thinking, uh, this thing is not working out. But the reality is people are different. There's about seven plus billion people on earth and no two people are alike. And each and every person has their idea of normal when they go into a relationship. Think about it. Sometimes you start dating at 25 and you meet somebody who's 27 or you get married when you're 29 and somebody who's 25. And this person has lived their life for 25 years doing things in a particular way. And that's what they've perceived or considered to be normal. And the other person has lived for 27 years and that's what they've considered and perceived to be normal. Now, when you get these two people in a relationship, everybody is saying, hey, this is normal, and the other person is saying is normal, and the two expectations begin to clash. When you add to that, some of these expectations are dysfunctional type of normal, meaning that, yeah, the relationship just doesn't work. The reality is we get into relationships seeking to change, recreate, discover our past. In any given situation, our expectations are influenced by memories of how people have responded to us in the past in similar situation. So we're here now, you're in a relationship, you're with somebody and the relationship just is just not going well. Or maybe it's a functional relationship and you want to move it to the next level. And you ask them the question, so okay, we got all kinds of expectations in this home, like in this relationship. We have different expectations on what a date looked like. We have different expectations what intimacy looked like. We have different expectations on what love looks like. We have different expectations on what we need to do with money. Money, money, yes, money. And now you're struggling. And figure, okay, now that I'm realizing we have different expectations, how do we move the relationship to the next level? There's three things that you really want to pay attention to and consider. Number one, uh, you got to be self-aware. In fact, the shortest path to relational success is knowing yourself. You can't show up in a relationship without really understanding yourself and expect to know the other person and then have a good relationship. You got to know yourself. You got to know what your money personality is. You got to know what your love language is. You got to know what intimacy looks like for you. You got you to really know what, what it means to be who you are. For some people that grew up in a particular family where mom, dad, grandpa, they all have doctorates, they're they're highly educated. And somebody who grew up in a family where maybe mom, dad, the highest level of education was a diploma and all that stuff. Not that I'm saying that diplomas are bad and everything, but these two people have different aspirations in life. They function differently. Or maybe you get somebody who is a Christian and somebody who's not a Christian. And these two people function differently. Their aspirations life are after two different things. So you got to know who you are and understand yourself. Take a piece of paper, pull out a piece of paper, write down emotionally, who are you? Academically, who are you? Uh, uh, intimacy wise who are you? Financially, what's your personality? Understand who you are. You see, if you get into a relationship and you don't know who you are, you would lose yourself. At the hands of the other person's expectations. Because constantly you were trying to fulfill the other person's expectations, trying to figure out, okay, um, how do I make them happy? How do I make them happy? And before you realize it, you're miserable. Like you feel like I'm suffocating, I, I just don't want to be in this relationship anymore. It's because you were not aware of who you are, and because you're not aware of who you are, you're not able to set boundaries well. And the second thing. That you gotta pay attention to is good old self-talk. Yes, self-talk. Self-talk is can be detrimental to a relationship. Um, self-talk is is really when things get reinforced, and that's really when things really happen. More often, before you engage or do something in a relationship, you you brood over it in your head. You 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 kind of think about it, process it. If I do it this way, don't do it this way. Um, and sometimes. We do it subconsciously and we don't realize it. Self-talk is crucial in dealing with your expectations. And the reason why self-talk becomes crucial in dealing with expectations is because of the belief system. Think for a moment. When you are in a conversation with somebody, you can hear the words that they're saying and they can hear the words that I'm saying. Right now, you can actually hear the words that I'm saying. But you're not aware of the self-talk that's going on in my head you actually have some self-talk. There are some things you're like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, that really resonates. And some of the things that actually resonate uh, are really based on your belief system. So inside that self-talk, there is a belief system that governs why you think and act the way you do. And that belief system comes from your gender, your age, your race, culture, So when you get into a relationship, you got to understand what are your beliefs around love? What are your beliefs around intimacy? What are your beliefs around finances? What are your beliefs around quality time? Are all of these things, you got to understand all these things. What do you believe about all of these things? Because if you don't believe, if you don't understand what you believe and you're not aware of what you believe about these things, when you get to the table and you're in a relationship, these things will always cause problems. Because you too will won't align. So if you know your belief system and they know their belief system, you can both bring it to the table and like, hey, okay, this is what I believe about love. This is what I believe about intimacy. This is what I believe about all these things. What do you believe? And then you can start having the conversation about coming to the middle ground. Some people want to do things in a particular way, but it's just not working in the relationship because the other person has a different belief system and you just want to align. And remember, when you get into a relationship, everybody has a minimum delight. And they expect that minimum delight to happen in order for them to feel like the relationship is satisfactory. So if it's not happening because you have a different belief system, you get conflict. So you gotta be aware of your belief system. Watch your self-talk. Really, what goes on in your head? Uh, what are you thinking? How do you feel about a certain type of People, or how do you feel about women? How do you feel about money? How do you feel about all these things? And we begin to pay attention and understand all these things. You will then begin to learn more about yourself and you become more and more self aware. And then the third thing here's a reality, and I guess a whole lot of people tend to miss this one no one was put on earth to make you happy. Yeah, newsflash. No one was put on earth to make you happy. We have this tendency to think that when you're in a relationship, oh, they make me happy. or she makes me happy. or he makes me happy. And if they dare do something that doesn't make you happy, then you want to call it quits and exit the relationship. But it doesn't work like that. Um, You are responsible for your own emotions. Somebody can say something, curse you out, lash at you. you are responsible on how you're going to process that. Uh, Is that you? If somebody say the derogatory term and um, it doesn't resonate well with you, you have the choice to say, is that me or is that not me? I mean, of course, you got to draw boundaries. There's some people that are outright disrespectful. And I mean, I'm not talking about those kind of people. You're not, you have no business being in that kind of relationship if somebody uh, is being toxic like that. So you got to be responsible for your own emotions. You gotta show up in the relationship uh, with the expectation that, hey, I'm gonna be happy. Can you imagine if you're two people showing up in the relationship saying, hey, I'm gonna be happy. If the other person says something that's offensive, hey, they'll call it out and they'll just move on and being happy. So expectations is the number one cause of relationship breakdown. If you figure out your expectations, you have a higher chance of working, in, of working out a better relationship. Because all these other things that we tend to sometimes say, they're just symptoms. In fact, failure is inevitable when you assume what others are doing carries the same meaning as we suppose it does. And that's what we really do with expectations. We go into a relationship assuming, okay, that means that because of my belief sifting, or that means that because of my minimum delight, or that means that And then when you begin to realize, no, that's not what it means. In fact, the other person wasn't even trying to communicate that. And the relationship is doomed for failure. When you don't manage your expectations, life will be a chaotic sequence of disappointments leading to anxiety and despair. Here it is. Managing your expectations is the number one key to relationship success. If you figure out your expectations and the expectations and you put them out on the table, the relationship stands a better chance of succeeding. Yep, that's it folks. Yep, there it is. Expectations, expectations. If you get that figured out, you're on your way to building healthy relationships. Thanks again for tuning in to Relationship Factor. Again, if you haven't logged in on Facebook to find our uh, Facebook group, it's called Relationship Factor. Go in there. We'd like to connect with you. Just go on Facebook, type in Relationship Factor. You will find the page and then you will also find the group. I want you to join in the group and so we can start building healthy relationships and connecting. Yep, there it is, folks. And don't forget to go to relationshipfactor.org. And check out the free resources we have out there. And if you enjoyed any of our episodes, hey, why don't you go ahead and follow, share, uh, give us a five-star rating. Relationship Factory.